In this episode, I talk with Daniel Andrade, an old homie of mine from back in my teenage years. We both cleaned the same neighborhood and partied a lot together. As time went on, we started making different decisions, which led us on separate paths. In this story, you will learn how we went from drinking and smoking weed while partying to becoming a full-blown drug addict. His curiosity of wanting to try coke eventually led to even harder drugs like glass and heroin. Drug use took over Daniel's life, and to this day, he regrets actions he took during those times. After years spent in county jail and a trip to prison, Daniel was given the chance to attend the Salvation Army Rehabilitation Program in Santa Monica. I've interviewed other graduates on the Solid Foundation podcast from the same program, and from what I've learned, it's a powerful place of healing. I truly hope that Daniel, like the other men I've interviewed before him, becomes a productive member of society and has the heart to help others in need. Daniel is just over three years sober and knows he has a long journey ahead of him. But like he says, all he can do is take it day by day. With that being said, I hope you find value in this episode. Hello and welcome everybody to the Solid Foundation podcast, episode number 22. Today I'm sitting with Daniel Andrade and myself. We are, Danny and I go back, way back, probably over 15 years or so. And Danny from, we used to run together, party together from the same hood growing up and then we kind of probably separated ways, I would say. I was probably around maybe like the 18, 19 area. And um, and that's when we kind of started losing losing contact. We always kept, always kept cool. You're very always respectful to me. And, and then I hope you felt the same way coming from me. And uh, so I always felt like you were, you were, you were always good to me. And I, and I appreciate that growing up. And when I got to catch up with you a little bit, and we and we uh, the last time we had seen each other was at a graduation two years ago. You were clean and sober then, and then we got to catch up again a little bit. And you had told me you're going on now three years, four months, and so that really, that really made me one very proud of you, and then also knowing that we have this podcast that we got where we bring in people from our own community to tell their story in order to help others in the community and especially youngsters so they can hear they can hear what people that they know that they that they're related to or that somebody in their family knows personally when they get to hear those stories it's a lot more relatable for them than them trying to, you know, listen to somebody who's famous or listen to somebody who's rich, who has may have a story, but it's a lot harder to relate to those people because a lot of times you feel like I can't, I'm not gonna have those mansions, I'm not gonna have those cars or, or whatever, but for people like us, it's a lot easier for them to relate to because they see us, they know us, but what they may not know about us is our stories. So this podcast is a, is a platform for us to come in and tell our stories. And so let's, let's, let's dive into yours. So before we ever met each other, you know, uh, 
you were uh, you were a youngster. Did you grow up on the east side? Yes. I yeah. was born and raised um Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. And um yeah, uh, moved around on the east side and then to the west side. Okay. And, and um and was it was it who was in the family? Was it your you, your mom, your brother? And my sister. And your sister. There was five of us. Um we uh I believe I lived on uh, the farthest I can remember, I lived on Blanchard Street. I lived uh-huh. on um, Cacique Street, Mason, and um, Milpas. And, and your sister, you're, so are you you the oldest, the middle, the youngest? I'm the oldest of okay. three. All right. And so it was you three and your mom? And my dad. And your dad, okay. Growing up, did your parent are your parents still together? Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's rare, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And the uh, so how was how was it the household was it was it loving was there were there problems where you maybe didn't want to be home all the time how how was it growing up with with the family on the east side um, it was it was what's it called um to me it seemed normal mm-hmm. uh, to me it seemed normal there was problems where uh, where there's where I saw you know. Um, like negativity, um, I say, um, but nothing, nothing, just like your everyday fam, all families have their right, issues, yeah, yeah. But was there like abuse? Was there like physical abuse, drug abuse, things like that in going on in the household? I, I never saw any drug abuse at, yeah. at the household, uh, from my, from like, from my family, no? yeah. And you always felt love both from yeah. your mom and dad, yes. So, growing up, what made you start wanting to kick it with with the homies? Uh, growing up, I believe I uh, just uh, I just uh, it was I wanted to see. I just saw that. Um, I think I believe I see my my uncle, uh-huh. one of my dad's brothers. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I saw him in in that lifestyle, and I wanted to. Uh, I actually liked that. You know, like... Um, so you were attracted by... Yeah. Was Senior Theo was in there? Mm-hmm. And was it... Do you think he was the main one? Did you go out and, like, start kicking it with him? Or he was just kind of a an example you had seen? Uh, I wasn't really kicking it. I mean, if I kicked it with him, it was just family for family, mm-hmm. like, uh, events or yeah. stuff like that. I would, never out with the homies or anything Yeah, like never that. out with, with him, him and his homies. Uh-huh. He, he actually... Uh, he never wanted actually to beat me like I mean yeah he didn't want that yeah, life for that, you I didn't uh-huh. want that life for me so um I just what's it called um just yeah I started like uh be, yeah okay and w- did you start making friends in elementary with with some of the homies that ended up uh you know giving you somebody else to go kick it with um in elementary I was uh I mean I knew a lot of people in elementary. Yeah. Uh, I mean that uh, they're what's it called in the same, or or had the same interests as you. Same interest. Yeah. Um, same also also what's it called uh, the same clique mm-hmm. that I that I that I ran with. Yeah. Um. But um. And so what? In junior high, like uh, I started getting into trouble. So that's when junior high, elementary, you kind of kept it cool yeah. going through. Mm-hmm. 
And elementary, you go to Cleveland? Yeah, I went to Cleveland. Uh-huh. I went to Cleveland, and from Cleveland, I went to San Robert Junior High. Uh, and and when you were, so that's that that's pretty interesting. I didn't I didn't know that about you. That uh, I guess a lot of times people just figure, you know, people running at the streets have you know a troubled life at home, and so that's what pushes them out there. So that's an interesting perspective. I mean, I kind of hold one the same. Like I grew up on the Mesa, as as you know, and ended up being from you know from the hood that that we were uh, that we were from. And uh, so that's interesting to know because my family, of course, not perfect, but loving home. I had all the love. I think what did it for me was I was too sheltered growing up. And so being so sheltered growing up through elementary school, once I hit junior high, you know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. Like there's no more recesses. There's no more you're in your class with your teachers and your teachers are watching over you're kind of thrown to the wolves and it's either you survive or you get you get punked around you know so it was kind of a culture shock for me to come from a place to where I was never allowed to um I got dropped off at school I got picked up from school I wasn't allowed to sleep over at people's at friends houses or anything like that so I didn't have a lot of friends and when I went to junior high um you know I ended up getting picked on quite a bit and through that made me say, well, I need to go. I, I want to find the toughest guys that I know, and that's who I want to be with, and that's who I want to hang out with. And to me, those were gang members. And that's what made me go that route. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's not the most healthiest route. It's not a healthy route to go, but it helped me build my self-confidence. And, and it, I mean, there's a lot of baggage that came with that. But that's that's a good insight to know that it's not always broken homes that create, you know, gang members. So what were your parents, what were some of the things your parents would tell you once they knew you were out running the streets? Um, they uh, they actually didn't allow me to, uh, like, uh, go out and have my, like, like go out. They will actually uh, say, they will, they will want to know where I'm going. They want, they want mm-hmm. to talk to the person where I'm, like... If I'm gonna be spending the night at somebody's house, yep. they will talk to uh, mom or dad, whoever's around. Yep. Um, and they just so they wanted all the details. Yeah, they they wanted the detail. location, who you're with, what's their information, right. all that. All that. And uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about there. And would it be like you would do? You would give them all that info, but that would just set you up to go there, chill, and then leave and go wherever you want. Is that kind of what? How you got out and about? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what was, like what set it off. Like, uh-huh. like I will give them the info and like I'll just uh, go, like you know stay at that person's house and you know from there. Yeah, and this so this was junior high. We're talking um, twelve, thirteen, at this time. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, and what were what what were your early days in in kicking it in the hood and, and starting to meet the homies? Oh, that was probably like in like eighth grade, mm-hmm. eighth grade or ninth grade. Um, that was that was pretty much. And what did it start off with? Drinking a forty at the creek, smoking at smoking out at the the homies' pad. Like what 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 did the early days look like for you? Uh, for me, it just started with alcohol. Uh huh. Then weed. Um, 
nephew, so so on and so on, start to carry on. But that's within years. Yeah. Um, and the the homies that you kicked it with, because I like growing up, you, you we had our different sets, right? Right. The, the homies, if you knew that. Um, in a little bit of an older years, if you knew you wanted to smoke glass or rock, you're gonna go kick it with these dudes. You know, if you want to just drink and have a chill time, you're gonna try to go kick it with these dudes. And maybe like you know, these if you go kick it with them, you're gonna be getting in trouble. So you kind of you knew you had your different um, uh, groups of, of homies that you kicked it with. Where where did you find yourself? Like who were, who were you usually partying with? Like what type of of people were they? I had found myself uh like in high school I was just uh, usually with uh with the drink with the uh, with just drinks. Mm-hmm. Start off with drinks, uh be hanging out in high school, uh after I see after after my freshman year, I uh and actually my sophomore year I I I fell be- really behind in school and my counselor they said, Oh well, I talked to the counselor and say, you know, you're really, really behind uh, mm-hmm. class. Uh, we're going to have to send, I mean, send you to a continuation school that we could catch up. Or you're going to be able to graduate on time. Yeah. So what I did, I went to a continuation school. In, um, was that La Cuesta? La Cuesta, Los Macalos Autores. Yeah. By La Colina. Yep, back then, yeah. Um, I went there and I graduated a year later. I was supposed to graduate in 97. I graduated in 98. I still, I mean, I still did. Uh, I still graduated though. When when you were going through it, did you was it your own goal that you wanted to graduate, or was it your parents really pushing the issue? Uh, I wanted to graduate because um, my daughter was born in that year ninety seven. Uh huh. And and at that time, like a diploma, it wasn't that time for me. A diploma meant a lot for me and for for my daughter. You know. To set an example for to your set daughter. An example. Yeah. My uh, she was born in ninety seven. And I graduated in ninety eight. She was born in this uh, in um, January. Ninety seven, January twenty fourth. And during the the high school years, when you're when you're on a mission to graduate, was there any uh, like major incidents? Did you ever get arrested? Did you ever you know get physically injured badly? Um. Yeah, I got arrested. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I got arrested. And I, what's it called? Uh, uh, I think it was in 97 when I turned 18, or a little bit after after 18. Mm-hmm. I got in trouble in, uh, in Isla Vista. Um, what's it called? Partying, like open container or, or uh, fights or what? It was, I think it was uh, trespassing. For, it was for trespassing and then... Um, forget what it's called, but uh, what's it called? Um, and yeah, it was trespassing uh-huh. in in La Vista for for it, there was fighting involved. There was kegs involved, mm-hmm. and stuff so like that. the but so the minor years growing up were weren't too troublesome for you as 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 for at least not getting caught, and you weren't. You know, been in and out of juvenile hall camp and all those things. Yeah, me for me as a as a, as a teenager, I didn't I didn't I didn't go to juvenile hall. I didn't go to uh, camp. I didn't go to any. Uh, I wasn't really arrested for as a what's it called as a minor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
were you, would you say you were out, you were kicking it a lot though, or did you not even really go out that much either? I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really like out that much. Uh huh. Cause uh, what's it called? I was, I wasn't really out. Um. And you think that's a big part of that was what big, saved you from getting into trouble? Yeah, that was a big part. Oh. And how'd you do that? Cause I know as a teen, I I was thinking like, damn, I can't miss a one Friday night because yeah. I'm gonna miss everything that goes down. And and it just in my young mind back then, I I thought just every day was gonna be the most important day, and I didn't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. And so, what was your mindset that kind of was? I don't know if it was the opposite of that, or you just didn't you just didn't have that uh, at the younger age want to be out so much. What like what was it for you? Um. I don't. I mean, there was times where a lot of the, a lot of the 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 guys that I, that are hanging around with would say, "Man, you you get you you're lucky. You you always get lucky. You know. I don't know how you didn't go to juvenile hall, or you know. But yeah. I, I I guess I some you know what I mean. I it was pretty. It was luck, or somebody was praying for me. Yeah. You know. So you'd be out and about sometimes. I'd be out and about. Get the tickets. Mm-hmm. Get arrested. Maybe get took into the hall or to county, but you get picked up. And things like that. No, I, I, well, I'll get picked up like some like after curfew. Uh-huh. I'll get picked up instead of taking to the hall or or taking to uh to to the station. I'll they'll take me to my they'll take me to my house. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that um. That happened to you. That, that happened to me quite a bit. Yeah. The um, kind of all around. I they would take me home. They would take me to the station. They'd take me to the juvenile hall. And um, fortunately for me, if the if they ever called my parents anywhere, if I was at the hall, the, the count, the, the station, I would always get picked up. And a lot of times the homies that I was with, they would have to stay there because their parents either wouldn't answer the phone or wouldn't, wouldn't care. Um, and, uh, you know, so I didn't, I didn't, I, I probably stayed in juvenile hall well, not probably I only stayed in juvenile hall one time and and that was because of a raid that they had done there's a couple homies that had got shot uh, you know we're not going to say no names but after that who they all the gang task force started sweeping all the houses of of known gang members and people who are on probation and then I you know I had um I had some items in my possession that I shouldn't have had and at that time, that's the one time that they took me to juvenile and I had to do a little bit of time in there. But other than that, I was pretty fortunate as well. A lot of tickets, a lot of tickets, but, um, you know, not, not, a, not a lot of jail time. Mm-hmm. So I think I was like lucky like you. Plus, I think having those parents that really did care mm-hmm. about not wanting their son to go deeper and deeper into the trouble he was getting into and definitely didn't want them, you know, in in a juvenile hall or any type of incarceration. So I think that played a lot in our favor for, for the both of us. The, um, after 18 for you and you, and you graduated high school, what, what, what happens then? You get a, you get a job, you, you, do you start getting into more trouble? What was going on? Yeah. I, um, I started, um, getting, uh, having jobs and full-time jobs and, I think I believe. Uh, I mean, my first job was probably being a busboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that but I was I was probably like sixteen. That didn't last long. I mm-hmm. was that was my first job, and I didn't know nothing about uh, the restaurant business. Uh, that didn't really last that long, and after that, I started working maintenance or mm-hmm. like just like really maintenance at the boys' club, which was just like sweep, mop, cleaning up the bathrooms, um, and vacuum vacuuming offices. Yeah, and um. And after that, I was just working in grocery business. Started working grocery, which I oh, made. that's right. You were in the, that's where you stayed for a while, right? I was there for yeah. I, I have about five years of mm-hmm. experience in the grocery business. I was first called Lucky's mm-hmm. on the Mesa. On the, on the, there's one, in, there was actually one in Five Points uh-huh. right there. Uh, that's where I started, and then I worked in the I, I worked on the Mesa. Yeah, Bravo. but that was it was already over since when it was over. Yeah, that's right. And the, um, so how old are you now? I'm 41. 41, I'm 36, so there's probably, a, that's a five-year difference. So do you remember around what age we were when we met each other? Uh, let me see. Mm-hmm. I believe when we met each other, it's probably like a little before you started your own business. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was probably would have put. I started the first business at eighteen, so 18. then maybe I was seventeen, sixteen. Probably seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. So I would have put you at twenty, twenty one, already at that time, mm-hmm. and that's obviously that's where I remember you the most mm-hmm. at that age in your life. I mean, twenty, twenty one. That's typically a hard party year for a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of uh, people that age. What What were you? Um, did you kind of at that time part start partying more than you ever had before or did something happen to where it pushed you that way or was it all because you wanted to be out and have, be having fun yeah just I, I it was just me with myself uh, I wanted to I wanted to go out there and, and just be just probably uh enjoy freedom you know uh-huh. like something like I'm like cause I, I, when I was young I wanted to go out and like without having no worries, you know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and so when I, like, I turned 18, I said, man, like, I could do whatever I want, you know, yeah, but it is, I mean, I just wanted to, like, you know what I mean, well, at 18, there. you had a, a, your daughter, right? right, 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 so, although you were 18, you now have one, one of the, the biggest res- responsibilities in life, mm-hmm. did, um, and, and how, like, how many, um, Kids, do you have now? Six. Sit down. <laughs> You've been busy. <laughs> At that time, though, your daughter, she was the only one for a while, or did you kind of start having of uh, them early, all of them? Um, in '99, I have my I, um my other one. Uh huh. Her name was Miranda. She was born. Okay. That was probably two years, almost three years. The difference, almost three years, because she was born in December. Uh huh. So I mean, it kind of take yeah, it kind of they have a little two or three year. Old. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. And then. You so you were balancing then you graduated you're balancing, the family the family life did did you, did you and the mother of your children stay together for a while or was it? No, it was, uh, after that um uh, after like ninety nine that's where probably where. Where my, my down my, uh-huh. uh, it went down from downhill from downhill there. Downhill from there. 
And then when when it went downhill from there, I mean, what what was your emotional? I mean, were you were you okay and you, you were able to deal with it, or do you feel that that pushed you to want to just be out and not really handle the problems that that were going on at that time? I I would I didn't I didn't know like um, how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle it, so I handled it. Dif- I handled it a different way mm-hmm. on my like my my own way to like you know like I so I thought yeah my own, like I thought to handle it. Um, I just, I didn't, I, I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, because I, I said you're, at that, when I, when I start knowing you, when you're a, when you're a teenager and you know somebody in their 20s, that's like, they're like, <laughs> to you, they're like older, older, you know? And so I, I always, um, anytime that, that you and I would hang out, it was always in a, a party like we we're gonna go usually drink up somewhere go party somewhere and um, that's how I knew you. I didn't really know you too much on a personal level know what was going on personally in your life um, you and I shared a, a, a mutual homie that we were very very close with and, and he he was usually the one that would bring us together mm-hmm. and, and, and kick it but I do remember that at that time like I was, I was never into uppers, right? I was always, I was always down to to drink, and um, right. but I do remember, like you too. Like sometimes it'd be going late, so I said, "All right, guys, I'm going home for the night." And let's say that's a Friday night. I'm getting a call early Saturday morning saying, "Hey, you ready to come back out?" And and, <laughs> and so like you know, I got my little power nap in. I'm going in. You know, I'll, ca- I'll crack open a brew and get started again with you guys. But, I, you know, you guys had never even went to sleep. Like, you guys were had been partying all through all night, you know, with a little help from a certain substance. Yeah. So, when, like, what was it for you? What ended up getting that? What happened that introduced you into the higher drugs past alcohol and, and, and bud? I believe it was my, uh, just... My curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it wasn't uh, there for me. There wasn't no peer pressure. I mean, I I always wanted as a like as a kid, like I saw my uncle, like I said earlier, I saw my uncle like with that lifestyle, and uh, so with that with that lifestyle, it comes uh, the the lifestyle comes a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to try it. I want myself. Nobody uh actually, what's it called? Um, here, man, this is gonna make yeah. you. This gonna would make you feel good, and you know what I mean? No, yeah, or gotta or, do this, or yeah, you're gonna or be a little gotta, bitch. Or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> Nobody did that. Uh, I myself uh, curiosity. Is, I think I believe it's my my own curiosity. My, I wanted it, like you know, I wanted yeah. how it's like. When I, you first tried it, were, had you already been drinking? Yes, yeah. that actually like, gave me. Do a, you remember the first time that you did something harder than than, than alcohol or, or we, bud? Yeah. Yes. Uh, was that coke or coke? It was yeah. coke. Yeah, so tell us if you remember. Tell us what that what that time was like. Um, I actually uh, I don't remember the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the first time. Um, but it it did um, what's it called a it did um I say ignite ignite it. I mean, it, you know, like it did ignite it the first time. Yeah. Like I'm gonna try this again. It know? ignited the appetite. Yeah, and then I, yeah. I was, I'm gonna try this again and 
and and and then it went from there on. It's just like a cycle. I mean, it went. Yeah, and that's the reason why I asked that question. I'm not trying to glorify right, right. The, the day that it happened and and how great it made you feel. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to make the connection is for the youngsters that end up hearing this to know how easily it is from curiosity mm-hmm. to something taking over your whole life. Right, right, right. And, uh, and how also one thing leads to another, right? right? So leads to another. Yeah. Because did you stop at Coke or did you go harder? No, I went harder. <laughs> I didn't stop at Coke. And, and what, like, was the, everything that happened when you were using cocaine, it wasn't, I'm sure all like a party time I'm sure there were some dark bad times with it right Mm -hmm. so what why that transition why from if you already know that coke has caused you to do things that you regret why say oh let me step it up a notch let Mm -hmm. me go to something harder rather than hey you know what this isn't this isn't something I want like Mm -hmm. it's there's too many bad things that have happened while I'm on that I've been under the influence let me just stop like why did you? What was it that made you choose to take it another level higher? To another, to uh, another uh, drugger. Yeah, uh, like, and what was the the next drugs? Um, the next the next drug after coke, I believe it was uh, it was I believe it was glass. I mean glass, mm-hmm. crystal meth or uh, yeah or crank. You know. Uh, so I thought there would be different outcomes. You know, different. Well, okay, maybe I had one rough night or. You know, or or trip. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, what I mean, it'll be different. You know, what I mean, yeah. The uh, the next high, or something. Uh, so you're always chasing that that good high, the good time high. Yeah, I mean, at first, it was. It was recreation, so I yeah. thought it was recreational. You know, I was, you know, what I mean, it was okay. something to party with. Something to party with. Mm-hmm. Um. But then as as time went by, more the more the more I use frequently I I use, mm-hmm. the uh, the the more I started, like wanted it more. And so that's interesting because there was time, like we we talked about earlier when when we were talking earlier about the different groups that we hung out with. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's you know a group of guys they were they were into doing like all the hardcore drugs and uh, like I said I wasn't I just that those uppers weren't for me mm-hmm. and they would um i remember very distinctly one time that we all went to just a kickback to all kind of hang out together and you know we had 40s brew everything ready to go and um they you know probably a group of five of them had had uh wanted to go smoke some rock mm-hmm. and what they did was they all went into the bathroom all like five dudes and I, I remember being out in the the living room with some of the other people that had just lived there. Mm-hmm. But they were in there for, you know, like hours. Mm-hmm. They were in there for hours and I'm out sipping, keeping myself occupied. But that that always stuck with me because to me, that's like, um, like you were saying, you started for recreational use to party and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, were there those moments where you literally caught yourself in a bathroom Yes. For hours. Yes. Just. Just smoke smoking it. Yes. And what were you thinking during like, during those times? If you can if kind I'm, of remember. I, honestly, I mean, thinking for me, I mean, I don't. 
if I, I mean, if I could, if I could say I was thinking, then I'd probably be lying, you know? Mm-hmm. I was just being selfish or self-centered, you know, just cared about how I wanted to feel, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or how I wanted to get, how I wanted to, you know what I mean? I just wanted to feel, and, and, and that's what probably pretty much, like, Stole some of my like, <laughs> stole a lot of my life. Yeah, yeah. Stole some of my, uh, my, you know, dignity and uh, self respect and mm-hmm. no respect. You know what I mean? Or love. You know? Yeah. And all that. When you would, in between, like when you when the high you'd come down off your high and and you didn't like, go get high right away again. Like, what are your feelings of like when you're sober? What were your sober feelings like during those times? You mean like the, uh, like the hangover, like the mutual hangover. The hangover where you know you don't, you you don't just go smoke again to feel better, but yeah, you you're basically feeling the hangover. Um, it was. I was mean, it regret? Yeah. You know? Remorseful. Uh huh. Um, uh, like self, self like uh, I say uh, hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, just all that. And would that was that a cause to say? Like I don't want to feel this way. Let me go. Let me try to get high so I could feel better. Yes. Yeah. So it went. It went from. You knew it was gonna just not. You felt it was gonna amplify your good times to now it's you're using it to cover up mm-hmm. bad like the bad negative feelings that you're having. And was there other things going on besides your drug use, that you think you were trying to dull the pain that you didn't want to feel, like with your family either your family your baby's mama your kids like was it an escape for you to not have to deal yes with the feelings that were coming from all that stuff mm-hmm. and did you ever go past glass or was that kind of that, that was a I tried I mean I've tried heroin as well mm-hmm. um, slam it smoke it snort yeah. it all of the above? Yes. Yeah. And was that when glass wasn't doing it anymore? Or was that, again, curiosity of, well, Cur- let me feel how this is? Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was that. And um, so, so like, in my head, I thought it was a downer. Mm-hmm. And I was, like... Uh, you were so used to yeah, doing up, or so you said so maybe different maybe, outcome? It was, yeah, different outcome, so I wanted to come down. Mm-hmm. And, like, I did some, there's some, sometimes that I would just, like, do too much. But then I wanted to come down again. Yeah. So just like, I don't know, just insanity, you know? Doing the same thing over and over. Doing the Hoping same thing for over. a different outcome. Yeah, hoping for, yeah. yeah. And what were you doing? Like, were you always able to maintain a job while going through this? Like, would you say you're like a full-blown addict at this time? Where that's kind of number one priority is for you to make sure you're going to get high? Well, um... I did lose a few jobs mm-hmm. uh, due to my to my uh, to my use mm-hmm. but at that time I didn't I was naive I was um, like not, not I'm careless or, or or not knowing about my like my own addiction mm-hmm. I was just uh, in denial you know I didn't maybe I, I didn't know not being in denial I didn't know I was uh, or I just didn't want to Admitted that I was, that was um. That those the drugs that, were controlling was, your life. Yeah, that drugs controlling my life. And 
But you were, like, how did the, how did the whole, how were the homies, like, accepting that? Did, were you now only kicking it with, with users? I know during this time, um, even when you and I would go kick it, which, which, which trips me out too, and, and uh, maybe you could help me. But uh, anytime, like I said, you and the homie that we were always, that we were always together with, like I never, it was pretty rare for me to know that, okay, you guys went to go take a break, either to go smoke out or to go snort up or whatever. Like maybe because I'm preoccupied trying to j- drinking up, but I know you guys were <laughs> like, cause that's what, that's what you guys did, you know? So what, um, like in a, in a typical day, like going out and about, like, cause you didn't seem like, I, I didn't look at you and say, oh damn, Danny's like a strung out, um, dope fiend, you know, you, you were able to keep up a certain, um, persona of yourself to where, yeah, like you did have it under control. Yeah. You went and partied all night, but I wasn't close enough to know that it was affecting your jobs. You know, you were affecting your family life and all that stuff. So like, did you purposely do your best to, to make it look like that from the outside? Like you had it all together or was that kind of natural? Um, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question, but, um, I, uh, maybe I didn't speak, like, talk to person, like, talk to people about what I was, what I was causing, Mm -hmm. because maybe I didn't know I was, you know, at that time, I I mean, at the time, I didn't know what I, what I, uh, what people I heard, like, especially my family, Mm -hmm. and, and the people around me who, uh, where I, where I had to lose jobs and stuff like that. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I mean, I didn't speak to anybody about it. Yeah. Or, you didn't see it yourself. I didn't see it myself. Uh-huh. Basically, probably like, like, like naive or something. Yeah. Or, and maybe that's what I saw, you know, and maybe that's what a lot of people see yeah. because a person themselves doesn't even see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see like, oh, they're, they're all right. They're just, yeah. Because everybody has their vices, you know, people, and that's their vice that he enjoys to do this while partying and, mm-hmm. and it ends there. But really, there's a whole big backstory mm-hmm. behind it. And from after graduation, what's I, you know, I do recall you getting now you start to go to county. And, and, yeah. and from what I remember, it's maybe not like a long time um you know, long stints where you're in there, but kind of often. Is that the case? Like you started, what were you getting arrested for and, mm-hmm. and getting in trouble for? I was uh, getting arrested for, for uh, public intoxications, uh, domestic violence, um, batteries, and, uh, and drug charges. Mm-hmm. And when you were, were you always under the influence when, when you're catching all these charges? Yes. And does it start to sink in then that maybe you have a problem? Uh, <laughs> um, cause you got to dry out in County, right? It's going to give you some time to think. Yeah. Um, 
I was, and I still to that point where I mean there was, there was a time where like, I was still like being neglect ne- neglecting or neglecting that issue. Mm-hmm. I didn't like even I be I mean I think I believe somebody mentioned that like you you you're getting in trouble every time you're you're you know you're using or alcohol because within that time, um I was go I would go through uh rehabs. Uh. I went through, uh, it wasn't my first time where, like in 2017, that was uh, the last rehab I went through, and um, which is the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. But I've been through the Salvation Army before that, a few years, 2008 or 2000, um, 2008. And then before that, it was like, I think it was in 2005 or something like that. Um, I tried, you know what I mean? Yeah. I tried and... Um, and it was times. during those times during where those, those questions would be asked and it, yeah. th- it started to open up your mind to that that may be the case yeah a little bit but little I was bit, yeah. but I was like neglecting the idea neglecting the like just pushing it to the side mm-hmm. you know put or just like not nah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep like just or it was either my ego or pride yeah. I'm gonna keep doing me or you know like, kind of your mindset yeah, is <clears throat> all these problems that are happening They'd be happening either way. They have right. nothing to do with my drug use. Right. right. It would kind of be two yeah. separate things. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that makes sense of why somebody would want would want to keep going doing the same mistake because they don't see that they're connected. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, you could say they were 100% connected now, or do you think some of those would still have happened? Like some of the what arrest mean? and some of the... The, you know, the no. charges that you had picked up. Looking back, like, like if you I, were sober, would those have still happened? Uh, no. Uh, I believe, yeah, that. I believe that um, it has to do with choices, my choices. Uh, I believe that that drugs and or the substance abuse was a major, uh, what's major? What's it called? Uh, yeah, it caused it. Caused. Yeah. yeah. But also, you're not trying. You're also not trying to say, "Hey, that relieves me of responsibility." Yeah. <laughs> you're not trying to say that. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. trying to say that. I'm just because uh, of my choices. Mm-hmm. I make. I make my own choice. If so, then man. So then, okay. Uh, if I drink one beer, right now, it's gonna cause me to another, another, and another, and another. But then after that, it's gonna lead me back to my past. Mm-hmm. It's like lead me back to my past and go take me back to jail again. Yeah, because it'd be like. One beer, okay, cool. Then you have a beer, then it leads to another. Mm-hmm. And then in that state of mind, it's like, well, what's one line gonna do? It's just gonna be yeah. one line. And then it just, you, you know, because mm-hmm. you've played that game before, okay. right? Yes. And, and, it, and that's, that's probably a tool that helps you now in your sobriety to where you've played that game so many times, you know, not even to, to break that game out anymore, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, what are the terms in county? You you start doing counties like two week term, a month, three months, and okay. then it keeps building up from there. Right, right, yeah. The first like it was two weeks, three weeks, a uh, month, mm-hmm. ninety, uh, thirty days, ninety days, uh, and for so and so. And you're and you especially being like a youngster and not being in camp, being in juvenile hall, being in placement. Going from not having that experience to now being an adult and being in a 
a county jail, like what was that experience for you? You know, not not like the drunk tank nights, but your first time where you get have to do, let's say two weeks in there. Was it an easy transition for you? Or was it really uh, like took some getting used to? It was, I mean, it was just something that I never went through. And um, it wasn't really easy because I, I had, you know, I had to ask and I had to follow rules, you know. I had to follow rules and there was, there was rules in there. And just... Um, but it also wasn't so uncomfortable that you learned that you didn't ever wanted to go back there. I actually, uh, it wasn't that, that, I mean, I hated the process of, yeah. I hated the process, but once I was in there and I knew I was going to be in there for, for a while, there's nothing I could do. Um, so more, more than anything, it was probably inconvenient and a little annoying, yeah. but other than that, it was no big deterrent for you to start making different decisions. Because you thought if I go to county again, ah, yeah, it's going to suck, but it's nothing major. Yes. And so what was the longest that you've ended up doing in... In county? In county, yeah. Probably about a little bit over a year, or no, actually, like a little bit over two years. Damn. A little bit two years. Straight? More straight uh, in county? No, I was about, like about a year and a half or something like that, like about a year and a half. For a year, a little bit over a year in county, then I went, then I got went to prison, and then I went back to the the uh, county Santa Barbara County Jail, picked mm -hmm. me up in prison, and took me back. But you were incarcerated for yeah, that for, that long, yeah, yeah. yeah. the longest straight two and a half years probably. And the the prison, how long was that prison term? Uh, it was only a, a ninety day, mm -hmm. ninety days. Was that because of something you picked up in county, or it it was just part of what the court had uh, yeah, the court, told you you needed to do? The court told me that I needed to do that, and um, uh, believe it was because uh, a, a probation violation, mm -hmm. and I had to do that. So and so you went with Wasco. Went to Wasco. Ninety days. Ninety days and came back. Did you end up ever having to go back to prison? No. So it was just that. Was was that any major difference for you from uh, being at Wasco to County? Yeah, it was, it was a lot different than, than um, County. What were some of the differences that stuck out to you? Um, that just the, the time, the time uh, in Wasco, it just... Uh, a lot. There was a lot. I was more incarcerated there than county jail. Mm -hmm. A lot less freedom. A lot less freedom. It was only like, uh, like for every forty hour, like every forty eight hours, we must get locked down. Every forty hours, probably one hour. You know, a day. Uh, of only one hour of of uh, freedom. Yeah, and every, every 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 other day. Did that at all? give you a picture of where your life might lead if you kept doing what you were doing? Yes. Did that start to help you start making different decisions? Or again, it was just one of those seeds that were planted, but you didn't, it was going to take a while for that to grow. Um, 
that was like I think that was the last time I've been to jail. Oh, okay. Or no way to prison. So yes, um, it did. T- but, I mean, but you still had used after that. I still had used. Okay. Uh, I still had used for that. Um, but um, I still went to jail, and what's it called though? But it wasn't for violence. Mm-hmm. It was for drug use or for drug use and for drinking. What are some of what are some of your biggest regrets that that back when you were using that you have today? My biggest regrets when I was using or yeah or my biggest um wow that's a pretty good question like um like, like elaborate on that a little bit like if when you look back at, through all the stuff that you put yourself through mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the people who love us suffer just as much or more after what we put ourselves through um people that you love what did you put them through like what are what are some of the things that that kind of still hurt you the most that you regret the most that that you did back then because i think i think it's those things that are a reminder that you could always look back on when you're when you're feeling maybe a little weak you know that that pain you, you if you use your pain it can be very helpful Oh, the biggest great part is uh, is using, I mean, using and hurting my family. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, using hurting my family like um. Like hurting, like stealing from them, like uh, violence with them, but. Uh, not stealing, but uh, like, I say uh emotionally or. Uh, hurting them. Mm-hmm. Um, me being in the hospital and then having to see them, see me going through uh, mild strokes because mm-hmm. of my use. Um, that's probably I think that's what where I that's always, yeah I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know you've had strokes before yeah because of mild strokes of uh-huh. coke use uh huh. I ended up in the hospital and they ended up seeing me with a bunch of patches on. Um, that's probably like the most, uh, what's it called? Um, I regret for them yeah. seeing me like that. Yeah, because now especially your kids are getting older, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the love that you have for them to see them themselves putting themselves in that pain. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could relate to what that kind of would feel for you. But you were doing that over and over to your, to your, to your parents, your brother, your sister. You know, um, were your kids old enough to know what like the your drug use? Like, do they remember? Do they have memories of of your bad times? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I be. I mean, I've used. I've used when they were when older mm-hmm. when they're when they're old enough to know you know uh, but uh, I haven't really asked them yeah. like what I haven't really asked them if you know what I mean if, mm-hmm. what if like if I mean 
do they do know they now they understand now because uh, I've been going through rehabs yeah and I um, I've made my amends with, with my daughters and but they understand now um, but I mean yeah. yeah so they they've seen you high before yes they've seen you maybe get out of hand before mm-hmm. so they had they did have to witness some of those things but yes you have been able to mend that with them yes that's that's good that's what that's, awesome that's, actually, that's actually one of the um one of the like also like for for them to see me getting handcuffs mm-hmm. that's also another one that's one of the regrets one of the regrets yeah yeah, especially when you said that the whole one of the biggest reasons for you to graduate and get your diploma is because you wanted to set an example mm-hmm. and and make your daughter proud, you know. So that kind of gives gives us a sense of well, the way your daughters see you means a lot to you, mm-hmm. and then for you to years later be something you would never want your daughters to go through. I can I know that how that can be very painful. Mm-hmm. The um, so what was it? What was it that finally started making these 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 cracks open up bigger? Open up your mind to hey, there's something different for me other than what I've been doing. Like, do you remember when you started to start think different and seeing things a little different that it led to your sobriety that you're at now? Uh, think different. Or see this different. Um, let me see. Questions. Uh, um, I, I believe. Uh, I believe one time I'm sitting in jail, in um, county jail. County jail. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, goes to visit me, and I think she was only like twelve, thirteen years old, and and um. I mean, she started crying, you know, she told me that, um, that she doesn't want to see me there anymore. That is, uh, and if she, if I end up, you know, if there can be, this is the last time, if you end up uh, coming back again, I, I don't know if I could come back and see you again, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, that's where I started, like, wow, it's like, you know, she's only 12 or 13 years old and she's telling me this, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's where it hit me, it's like, man, yeah. You know, it's like, I'm... The mind shift happened then? What I'm, what I'm doing is that what I'm causing is too much, you know? It's like... Yeah, it's powerful. And then from when she told you that, did you still have a while to finish off, you know, the, your, your sentence that you had at that time? Or were you getting out pretty quickly after that? Uh... It was it was a process it was a process um for me to to work on myself you mm-hmm. know it's a process but I still kept on going back oh okay to jail uh-huh uh, so although that that was something major it wasn't the deciding factor yet at that point it, at that time it was like I I decided I mean I I, I haven't decided yet to mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? But I wanted to, you know. But just Oh, that's big. I At least you to. knew you wanted to. I wanted to, but I I didn't. 
it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going back and forth to jail, and just. And so, what was the next big step? If that was a big one, what added on to it? What added on to it? I yeah. think prison. I think prison. I think after that, prison went came mm-hmm. and then after that is when that's it. And all these pieces are adding up, mm-hmm. and you you you've been forced like it's part of your probation part of your terms that you have to do rehab right Mm -hmm. did the time that you um did you ever volunteer yourself for a rehab i believe this last time this last time i did they told me oh yeah you'll do 30 days or something like that or 90 days i said no yeah, I'm gonna come back and do the same thing, you know. So I said, "Can you? Can I? I need a program. I need. I need. No, I need. Yeah. I need a program." I told my uh, my public defender that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll come back next week. And we'll talk about it. So they got me. In. And how much of it was that decision? Was if you put me in this program, it'll work, or was it more of a no, oh, you send me to another rehab for 30, 90 days. I know what's going to happen. Maybe I don't know this program's going to work, but I know it's different. So send me there. Was it more of a, because it was something different you wanted to do it? Or did you believe in your heart that if you were to do this program, it would help you be clean? Well, I, th- I believe that it was going to help me get clean because mm-hmm. it was a six-month program. And with the six months, I've been, I've been through it already, through mm-hmm. the program. Uh, but at the same time, there's always, there's always, there's always in the rest. There was always at that for at that time, there was a reservation mm-hmm. for me. Like, well, if I should, I, it, it may, I'm using this, uh, this program to to get out early. To get out of county yeah. early, um, or, or or just to go to the program and just leave, you know. Yeah. So I could be out and out and about. You know, yeah, and you didn't even know yourself that yeah, you were questioning know. yourself what was the myself. decision based on. Right. Yeah. And then so you make that decision and you go to Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Salvation Army. Salvation Army. Which um, uh, several people I've had on this podcast have been there and I've heard plenty of other stories, but it seems like that's a pretty uh, powerful place. Yes. It's helped change a lot of, a lot of people. And so you had actually already been there before? Not at that particular one. Not at that time? At that particular one? So what was different when you land there that time at the Salvation Army in Santa Monica? What was different about it that that you feel started to change you? Different about it? I believe it was... uh, I believe it was freedom. For me, freedom and and, uh, the love that Mm -hmm. they... You know what I mean? That they they had to offer... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, insp- inspirations there too. Uh, like people have been through it, been go through back there and give back. Again, give back the people that are giving back there. You know, especially the two persons uh, that that we ran that the same clique that mm-hmm. that that, that, were, oh, yeah. that were still live there. That and um, yeah, there was and pretty much, pretty much what kind of made me uh, stay there. Mm-hmm. There was hope. There was hope for me. 
so hope was was a big one hope. and then it was pretty comforting to know that you had homies that you knew from from over here mm-hmm. that had been through and they're kind of examples that hey Danny this can be done right. because we kind of came up together and look I've done it if I've done it you can do it mm-hmm. and that program did you do the straight six months and and you kind of went through no setbacks nothing like that uh <laughs> setbacks like no like like relapse no relapse uh, yeah uh no i what's it called i i ran a good uh what's it called good program mm-hmm. went to meetings maybe five meetings a week go three uh twice go to church twice a week uh wednesdays and sundays uh bible study once a week so i pretty much kept busy mm-hmm. there was no time for me to to uh to uh your mind to wander to wander. <laughs> yeah and um so i just uh i mean i did what i was asked to as after certain points you know it only like Yes, I'm like I mean, there's they're telling me like to do stuff, different stuff, but my myself I wouldn't want to do it. But mm-hmm. then I learned, I learned why they asked me to do it, and <laughs> yeah, they asked me to do stuff, and and if I didn't want to, if I didn't do it, you know what I mean. Do you knew the consequences? Well, I mean, the, I mean, I knew why they were. Cause oh, they, they once you knew the reasoning the, why. The reasoning why. Yeah. Um. So it kind of sounded. A little off to you or like ah, yeah and i want to do that but once you knew the reasoning behind it mm-hmm. it was enough to get you to try it out right and uh the did you how much of it was that just having faith like like oh man i don't i don't know if this is gonna work but i have faith that it will or did you know oh this is changing me like you could feel it along the way that you were being changed I found out the like the first um, I believe it was a Sunday a first Sunday that I was there we went to church well I uh, the pastor was talking and I felt like he was talking not to me you know mm-hmm. or and then I just and all of a sudden I just started like bawling you know yeah. just uh, uh, crying like you know and the pastor saw me <laughs> he saw me and then uh, out of a big group yeah yeah. Out of a big group and he saw me and then after that I believe Monday or Tuesday we talked in his office and just the support and the, the love support, and, the, and the different like are you talking to counselors and therapists and starting to work through your problems right and and how much like did you ever want to talk about like but just um, were too afraid to, or never had the opportunity. Yes, um, I, I was actually what's it called uh, there was a there was a little fear. There was a little fear of uh, expressing, uh, expressing how I feel. Yeah, like, expressing you know, your emotions. My emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I sometimes I still like, I say, uh, like. Uh, hold back mm-hmm. um, like you're telling a story but you're not telling the whole story <laughs> yes. yeah yeah that, I, I feel like that sometimes mm-hmm. uh, what's it called um, 
because you're afraid of judgment or because you're afraid it's yes. going to drag up old emotions? Right. Um, judgment. Afraid of judgment. Mm-hmm. And, but with the pastors, I feel like with my pastor at that time, mm-hmm. I felt like I could um, tell him anything or, or my counselor. Mm-hmm. And once you started opening up and letting that stuff out, could you feel relief? Like you're not cured, but could you feel relief? Maybe like weight off of you? Yes. Yeah. And I think, I know, especially as youngsters, that's so hard for us when, especially when we're like forced, like as part of our probation to go talk to a counselor, but just knowing now how much getting what's like the poison that's in you out, like speaking it mm-hmm. helps you out. Right. You know, and, and, and maybe it's not even a counselor, but just knowing that somebody else knows you they relate to you, they feel what you're going through, and you don't have to carry that burden on your own, can be your, a big step towards healing, right? Mm-hmm. So the six month, when you, you end up doing a graduation, do they have like a big graduation for you over there? Uh, it's a, like on a Wednesdays, uh-huh. they have graduations, which is like a chapel day. Uh, yeah, they do have graduations, so. And then what was that day like for you when you when you graduated from there? For me, it was it was pretty. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, like family come or was it just you and your and your people there? No, it was just uh, my family didn't show because mm-hmm. uh, they have to work. You yeah, know, and the for their own reasons. Yep. as well. Uh, but uh, I had the people there like. Uh, all the bennies that were there and, mm-hmm. and the two guys that you know what I mean yep. that were there with that we you know the homies yeah and that's pretty much it and do you stay there cause I were you one of the ones that went back and like worked there or helped out there or were you what did you leave after that no I decided to stay for the reason because uh, I want to try something different cause the before that, I have graduated in 2008 mm-hmm. with the one in Canoga Park. Uh-huh. But I, after graduation, I ended up going home. Straight back home. Straight back home. Yeah. So I maintained sobriety for after that, probably not that, for like maybe a year. Yeah, during your first one in front so, of the Canoga yeah. Park? Uh-huh. For like about a year. I maintained my sobriety for like about a year or so, a little bit, a little bit over a year. But uh, I wasn't working, I wasn't working. I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't talking to a sponsor. You stopped the process? I stopped the process. Mm-hmm. So I ended up... Uh, I ended up choosing to drink again. Which but I'm you, sure everyone had told you too. Yeah. You can't stop. You don't yeah. graduate and yeah. then stop. Exactly. Yeah. That was in 2008. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated in 2017, I said, no, I'm not going go back home. I'm going to stay over here try something different. I... Uh, I stayed there for like another three more months until I found a job. And uh, after I found a job, they they said they uh, I could stay there for uh, after the first day of, of my work. Thirty days after, I could uh, move into a sober living, another mm-hmm. sober living at the, to to another uh, another, another program at home. Uh, yeah, which they all they also have uh, they also offered, which is mm-hmm. called the Bridge House. Where I lived with yeah. uh with with uh with uh, Victor yeah. and he was a manager there, um. 
stay there for like about 10 months or something uh-huh. and now we said i said earlier you're three years four months mm-hmm. clean and sober and you're still doing your all your like your what are your counseling sessions are you talking to sponsors like how do you what are you doing to keep up right now i'm not talking to a, a counselor but i am talking to my sponsor mm-hmm. uh right now meetings i usually meet up with my sponsor every week once a week and, and it's barely starting again <laughs> like you know just i was kind of like uh i say um um, not going to meetings mm-hmm. for for a bit. I was not going to meetings for a bit, you know, for like for probably like maybe a year or so. Want to play in the fire? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, like maybe like every so and so, like I'll go to a meeting there like every three or four months, five months, mm-hmm. something like that. But um, what do you think that was? Why that break for a year? You think you're getting? That you were cured? Do you think you were getting lazy? Like, what, what uh, exactly was I think it's probably... Uh, no, not lazy. Maybe lazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe lazy because uh, I believe... Uh, I, uh, I was putting... I'm, I'm putting work, other stuff, before my sobriety, you know? Work, uh, like, every, like, everything that I'm, like, I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to, like... Cause I do have like back pay that I need to pay, and I'm paying. I'm almost done. I so it's like you didn't have your priorities straight. Priorities straight. Yeah. yeah. And you've made the adjustments, mm-hmm. and you put your your sobriety back up at top because without that, mm-hmm. everything else crumbles, right? Yes. And so what's the um what's the future looking like for you? Now, like you, you see, you'll be able to stay. You do you have confidence in yourself that you're gonna stay clean and sober yes. the rest of your life? Uh, I take it one day at a time. Yeah. I, I, I really can't really say, like I can't. You know what I mean? I, yeah. But I do. Can, I do don't want to. I I say I don't want to drink today or mm-hmm. use today. Yeah, that's um, powerful. What's it called though? You know you can handle today, right? Today, yeah. yes. Um. I don't, but I, but I do, I don't want to go back to where I was, where mm-hmm. I was at, you know, I don't, I know if I do start drinking, that's going to lead to drugs as well. well what are the new things you back enjoy? The new things? Yeah. The because new things? you spend so much time, you know, when you're, when you're using, <laughs> or just, just using. The new things that, uh, is that I like, uh, I like my freedom, you know, I don't like, I don't know, going back to jail, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I don't have uh, I don't have uh, like uh, my parents like <laughs> they're not worried you know I don't yeah. know they're not I mean they they're gonna worry about their kids and stuff yeah, like that because yeah. they're but they're, I, they don't I don't need to put them through 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 what I put them through yeah. you know I'm, I'm not I'm they don't have to worry if you're gonna overdose, overdose they're gonna get a call in the middle of the night mm-hmm and and what about clarity? Like, what in your head do you feel like a sense of clarity in there, after all those years where your mind, your your brain, so used to these, you putting chemicals in it, like what's that like? Um. Like you're thinking clearly, you're thinking differently. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm think I am. I mean, yeah. right now I think that's it's almost like, like almost. Do you feel like a different person? I guess. I feel yeah. I feel like a different person. Um. I feel I because I I believe I'm trying to better myself. That's why I stay clean and sober. Uh. But it's a process. Mm-hmm. I do. St- I still make a lot of mistakes. Uh, at work. Uh, at home, um, and I there's something that I, there's a lot of stuff that I need to work with, or like with me as well. Just like like my my uh, my my personal issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, but I but I felt like I, I but I do feel like I've grown a lot. You know, I've grown a lot. I'm not um I'm not out there. Uh, I'm not just not out there hurting people. Or myself. Uh, um, I've been like responsible, a little bit more responsible now. Yeah. A little bit more responsible. Uh, I still live in a sober living, which uh, going back tomorrow. Back home, or <laughs> not back home. Yeah. But yeah, because you're well, still living out of town. Yeah, I'm still living out of town. So you think that's where you'll continue? Yes. Just stay I, away from. Yeah, the, that's yeah. what I want to continue to stay. I mean, I I want to stay over there for until I until I'm like uh. So I get like some kind of a foundation, you know, like because mm-hmm. I'm still like right now, like I'm still working on like, um, myself, you know, and then I want to pay my debts, like, like what I what I still. Like you know my responsibilities, yeah. uh, and hope I mean, and then just take it from there, you know. Yeah. Take it from there, see what yeah. happens. I don't know. I mean, and there's a lot that life has to offer, other that than does. other than jail or prison. <laughs> and, yeah. and you ain't lying, man. Right? I don't want to yeah. do that no more. You know, I don't yeah. want to do that, and I wanna. I that's what I, I wanna like go. Uh, yeah, to me that's exciting mm-hmm. to to know like if that was your level of what you've been used to in your life the opportunities that await you mm-hmm. that's that's a lot to look forward to yeah especially living in a big uh county or city over there there's, there's yeah, a lot a- of opportunities over there a lot very lot of opportunities uh i saw myself like when i was living I, like i compared like you know it's, it's like man i cannot be so so close-minded you know yeah I wasn't, I was, it opened my mind a lot, it opened, it opened a lot, you know, uh, I didn't, and I, sometimes there's this, what I, I, I just didn't see stuff like that, you know, I didn't see those opportunities, you know, and there was opportunities, you know, there was here, I just didn't see, want to see them or couldn't see them, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, blinders on. Blind, the drugs and the alcohol, or, or I don't know, but really blind. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Uh, like I, like we talked about before, even if us talking here can help one person, then that's more than enough fulfilling for us. Because uh, I know it's not easy to come on and tell your life story, especially when it's not all glamorous. You know, you got to tell everything you've been through. But if that helps somebody who's going through it right now stop or change, or at least, like, like you said, there are several moments in your life where it was a little crack. It started to make a little crack, you know. People were planting seeds. And so maybe hopefully, you know, we're doing this today here in this in this uh conversation that we had. But 
Other than that, Danny, thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. If you found value in this episode, please share. I also want to let you know that Solid Foundation classes will be allowed to open again very soon. Well, at least I'm hoping so. If you're a parent that wants your kids to gain confidence through work ethic, martial arts, fitness, and family values, email me at gilbert at solidfoundationssb.com. If you're a teen and are interested in joining our program, hit me up as well. Other than that, you can find me on IG at Regalado Gilbert or on TikTok at solid underscore foundations. All right, that's it for me. Have a good one and take care of yourself.